0: Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic-inspired podcast that brings innovation to professional development. Well, welcome back to When the Wind Blows. This is an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, and anyone vested in the world of education. And this week kicks off a um, three week series on leadership. So for the next three weeks, we're talking leadership, but parents and students don't tune yourselves out right here because there's plenty to glean in these conversations for you as well. Uh, And and you'll find that out by kind of the spins that I'll place on some of these conversations. Um, So today, I'm so incredibly excited. I've got my mentor, my friend, Bart Banfield, on the call. Um, Bart has written a book called Virtual Leadership, The Essential Principles for Remote Work. And uh, and you've got a pretty big name to, to uh, endorse, not just endorse, but like offer the foreword on this, Bart. Uh, Bart, welcome to the show um, how long have you been in education? You've been on the show before, but for, for anybody who hasn't listened, uh, how long have you been in education and uh, what brought you to Epic?
1: Well, hi, Aaron. It's good to be with you. Uh, thank you so much for your kind words and, and introducing the book, Virtual Leadership. And I was very honored and very blessed uh, to have my mentor, uh, JC Watts, former U.S. Congressman, a former uh, football player, professional football player. Uh, and, and, uh, just, uh, an all around, um, good man, uh, be able to write the forward to the book, virtual leadership. And, and I've been in public education for 23 years and have come to Epic, uh, came to Epic to, to be part of something different, uh, than what I had experienced, uh, in traditional brick and mortar. I spent 16 years, uh, working in traditional brick and mortar schools, everything from a teacher to a coach to a principal to a brick and mortar superintendent and just felt like that was not the vehicle of the future and and I really felt like after meeting our two co-founders Ben Harris and David Cheney uh, that they had the model that that in my opinion was going to be the vehicle for how we would educate kids in the 21st century. And so uh, we met and it sort of hit it off and I could see certainly that we were cut from the same cloth and, and so from that point forward, we continued a dialogue um, and ultimately they made an offer. Uh, they, they needed an, another leader in, in their organization, made an offer and I accepted their offer and have been here now for uh, seven going on eight years
0: and we're all the better for it.
1: Uh, thank you.
0: Bart, you wrote a book. Uh, I don't, so I'm, I'm about to confess something here. I've started writing a book, but it was like two years ago. I, I cannot get myself to, uh, to really sit down and do this. Um, you wrote a book and, and at probably one of the most impeccable times, your timing was insane. Uh, had you had COVID already started when you wrote this, or I, I didn't think so. There was no way.
1: No, no it, 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 you're right. The, the, the book is very timely. Obviously, virtual leadership is something that. A lot of uh, administrators and leaders, not just in public education, but in the business world are struggling with the complexities of remote work and how do we lead people that we don't physically work with every single day. And so I, I wish I, I could tell you honestly, Aaron, that, that I you know, saw COVID coming and, and that's why I decided to write the book. But the truth is the book was written before uh, COVID-19 and, and the coronavirus.
0: Well, I, I just can't believe uh, the, how much it's needed. I mean, it is, it is a needed book, and I'm going to get to a few quotes from it. But before we do, um, I wanted to ask you, you're, you're the superintendent of Oklahoma's largest school right now. Um, what is the most difficult part about leading in a progressive or innovative school?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I I would say that the the most difficult part uh, is the outside distractions uh, that that we have um, because we are disrupting the status quo. And because we are threatening the the establishment and and an establishment that honestly for the last century uh, has not been positively disrupted, Um, there is a price to pay for that and and so you know one of the things that, that gets old is, is the political theater and and the drama uh, that is perpetuated by people outside of our organization whether that's the media whether that uh, are our our legislators you know whether that uh, are are people from the establishment and you know that that makes it difficult i mean educating 55,000 students in and of itself uh, is difficult, especially you know, in the midst of a pandemic. However, you know, when you you have this constant uh, criticism and uh, in, in these detractors that are trying to tear down what we are are collectively trying to build up, uh, it just it compounds um, the challenge that that we all face each and every day at Epic. So that, that's probably the the, the toughest part.
0: Interesting. The toughest part of your job is dealing with things that shouldn't have anything to do with your job.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So educating a child, of course, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for almost a quarter of a century. So uh, educating a child is hard. Yeah. I mean, the children are unique, uh, and and they are blessings. Uh, but they come to us in a you know in, in a variety of learning styles uh, with a, a variety of learning levels. And, um, you know, we've got to meet them where they're at. And so that's a process and it takes time. And not only do, does that have to occur, but then we've got to develop a partnership with our parents and, and our families and, and, and cultivate trust uh, with those families. And, and that takes time. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're educating kids and, and the growth that we've seen, you know, over the last couple of years, this year in particular, uh, there was a point in time, Aaron, this this fall, where you know we were projected to to grow one hundred and twenty percent in one year, which is just crazy. But it it you know it suggests that there is a need for this model, and and in in some ways, it's validation that families are choosing our school uh, because of the quality level of service that we provide, you know, through our teachers and our staff. And, and so in that way, it's, it's really good. But you're right. It's, it's, it's ironic that it's, it's um, forces outside of our organization that are uh, taking away our time, our attention, our energy uh, that, that should be focused on kids.
0: Uh, probably a whole nother podcast but it would be interesting to have a conversation with you know the statewide virtual charter school board and and the the state's school board and even legislators Maybe like hey just so you know these are the billable hours we came up with based on all of this junk that we had to prove and reprove and then re-reprove uh, that we could have spent on education and gosh uh, you know do you want us to fail? Okay, just kidding. That was that was a pointed question. Um, I love your book, and and so one of the things I do is I write in my margins. I underline. I've got sticky notes in here. Um, and just a side note: Travis is rereading. Travis is reading a book I had previously read, and I totally forgot in the margin I had written. This is what I want to do in life. And I underlined one of the lines like he was talking about being a spy and uh, an intelligence officer. And I was like, I would love to do this job in life. And he he looked at me, he's like, Aaron, I didn't know this about you. What's going on? (laughs) So, um, when I've I've started very specifically taking notes and underlining these days, because if he comes back and rereads, I don't need him questioning everything he knows about me. But your uh, your chapter four is on the culture of coaching, and I thought it was so impactful that you uh, you you compare it to coaching basketball talk to me about the, the 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 lessons you learned on the basketball court and how they are brought into coaching educators
1: yeah and so you know we, we talk about in the book uh, that the importance and the power of, of coaching and and when I refer to coaching i'm referring to mentors um, People that are um, paying it forward, and so when I first came to Epic, you know, virtual leadership and, and virtual education was still in its infancy at that stage, and so there really weren't any rules, and there certainly wasn't a blueprint or a template to follow. And so, in the absence of a, a template or a blueprint to follow, I thought, you know what? Let's let's lean on the foundation that that you sort of created over the you know the last two decades. And, and let's see um, if there's some applicability uh, in terms of what you did as a traditional brick and mortar basketball coach in terms of these life lessons. And, and, you know, when I came here, what I found was that the, the individuals that we, we employed were incredibly talented, uh, very bright, uh, but they didn't always work together as a team. And that cohesiveness that chemistry that is necessary uh, to create sort of this synergistic environment uh, that all great teams have was was at times missing and you know it was really difficult because we were a growing organization at that time and so we're adding new pieces all the time and then of course you, you also have attrition and whatnot but i felt like this group of, of leaders uh, that we had had incredible potential but we were going to have to do a better job of um, being intentional about um, making sure that we were creating a, a virtual community, if you will, uh, that we could lean on one another and that we could tap into their individual skill set. And they're, you know, just very similar to what you would do, you know, on a basketball court. Uh, you know, you have people that handle the ball, you have people that shoot the ball, you have people that rebound the ball. Uh, and so everybody brings a unique skill set to the table. And it's a matter of number one, understanding yourself and and the self-awareness that comes with understanding what is your strength as a leader?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. So I am reading another book, um, kind of just breaking into it. Uh, it's called first break all the rules <laughs> and it's by this guy, uh, Marcus Buckingham. He's an author and speaker. <laughs> and, um, I'm going to quote you and then ask a question based on his book real <laughs> quick. You in, uh, the, the nature versus nurture <laughs> chapter, you, you say developing your skills, is what separates a leader from a follower. And then you go on to say, developing your skills over an extended period of time will require one word, discipline. And I think that, um, you know, it, it's probably pretty easy okay. once you get the job to, you know, celebrate and and high five and do the job and not necessarily continue to grow yourself Um After reading Marcus's book, he says the key to a good manager is recognizing and developing someone's strengths and managing to their weaknesses. So how does a new manager continue to develop themselves? How does a new manager or boss find a way to find those direct report strengths or manage to their weaknesses? And is that something that you have to continue to learn?
1: So yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think there's there's a quote in the book that um, the road to improvement is always under construction, and so I think having that mentality, that growth mindset, whereby you know we don't have all the answers, that that we're all on this journey together, and that we're understanding, you know, not just ourselves but also who we're leading. What are our strengths? What are our blind spots? What are our areas where we can grow? Uh, and then beginning to, you know, once you get above and beyond just awareness, you know, what what are we doing to strengthen those areas? You know, that could be a, an online course. It could be professional development. Uh, it could be, you know, one of my favorite free uh, professional opportunities. Listening to When
0: Win the Wind Blows podcast?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, is, that is one. That is one. Uh, the totally one I was kidding. thinking of at that time was uh, TED Talks. Oh, uh, so yes. I, I, I love tapping into TED Talks. Uh, they're free, uh, There are 17 minutes or less uh, in, their, in their length. And so it's, you know, but they're on topics that are, uh, you know, discussed by subject matter experts. And, and so you can learn a lot real quickly uh, on all kinds of topics, including leadership. And so I think it's critically important that leaders understand the voice of those that they're leading, uh, that they embrace the diversity that comes with uh, leading a team. Uh, there's power in diversity. And, and then working as a servant to, to make sure that you're growing those and multiplying yourself
0: Hmm. Yes. Um, okay. I'm an employee that is courageous doing my job. I, I have a, a handle on this thing. Um, but I, I get a new boss, somebody I'm not familiar with somebody who's kind of new to the role. Um, I guess my quit. how do I manage up or is it even right to manage up? How do I keep from appearing defiant, but kind of nudge a leader to,
1: uh, lead me yeah so to me the, the the answer is trust and and it takes time to develop trust with with that leader uh, and it, it, it that road runs both ways so it's going to be you committing time to get to know them and then allowing them to, to to commit the time necessary to get to know you and so you know in order for that trust uh, to grow, uh, there has to be vulnerability uh, amongst both parties and, and a willingness to to dive a little bit deeper other than just sort of the surface level, this is what we're here to do. That's very transactional uh, and that's not uncommon with, with young, immature, inexperienced leaders, that transactional sur- surface level, what have you done for me lately, you know, type of leadership. And, you know, the great leaders, the influencers uh, are the ones that can go a little bit deeper, uh, that can take the time uh, then, and that time, you know, maybe, you know, 30 minutes over lunch, just getting to know that person, not talking about work, just getting to know them as an individual, getting to know their spouse, getting to know their children or grandchildren, getting to know their past and where do they come from and what helps, you know, motivate them, what, what makes them tick and, and what is their why? And so that's what the great ones do. And, and so I think that's, that's the answer to your question is at the core of it is trust. Uh,
0: and I hear a lot of it has to do with relationships is, is kind of what you're saying too. Like you've, you've got to know more than um, what, what their calendar looks like each day. You've, you've got to know them.
1: Yeah, correct. You've got to go above and beyond uh, what is in the job description, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, when we apply for a job, we see the job description and this is what's required and certain skill set. And these are the expectations. And, you know, that's that sort of sets the table for the job. But but, you know, what we're talking about leadership and particularly virtual leadership is about influence, not authority it's about influence it's about one life influencing another and so how do you sort of cross that bridge how do you get there from i don't know you i don't trust you i just met you to you know being able to influence someone to uh, adhere to a standard um, that that is significant for a cause greater than just themselves how do you get them to buy into the idea of an organizational structure and, and um, mission, if you will? And that, to me, is what separates a, a leader from a follower is the leaders, the great ones, uh, understand that it's about influence, not authority.
0: Can even bad leaders carry enough influence to let their followers run off the cliff?
1: Yes, yeah, they, they 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 can. I think, you know, what I found with, with bad leadership is that in most cases, um, you know, bad leaders um, have internal issues that they have not reconciled. And it could be from their childhood. It could be from a previous work experience. It could be, you know, there's something going on in the background. There's something in that foundation that is... Uh, shallow or shaken, uh, and 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 until they resolve that, and we talk about talk about that a lot in the book. Uh, a lot of psychology goes into understanding yourself, and until that is resolved, uh, those issues will always manifest themselves uh, at, at different times. And so, yeah, bad leaders can improve. But they've got to want to improve, and so the the challenge is that you know if you, if you are leading a group of individuals and, and you're not an outstanding leader, you're not committed to to that growth mindset that we talked about. Uh, there's definitely some damage that can be done.
0: So you've got a chapter on health and wellness. Oops. Oh, yeah. uh, I I feel like probably every <laughs> single line could easily be. <laughs> highlighted underlined need follow-up statements uh or me to explain why i'm going against the grain in so many of these things uh but gosh you stepped on my toes pretty hardcore uh but but before you did you you prefaced it with like and so i'm just gonna read here it says the rise of social media and 24 7 connectivity uh we share daily reminders of how we're not measuring up and, and so many remind. I mean, Pinterest, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, uh, on top of, of other, um, you know, social media and connectivity, but, um, upward mobility, And an obsession. Did you write this chapter about me? This, these couple of lines. Okay. (laughs) Upward mobility and obsession with the proverbial climb have left their uh, awake in the generation of overworked, underpaid individuals who are often dissatisfied with the current reality. Uh, and then you go on down to say the traditional 40 hour work week has been replaced with the standard 60 hour work week, and the time honored commute has been hijacked with online meetings and hands free phone calls courtesy of Bluetooth technology. Bart, I felt uh, personally attacked in those lines right there. <laughs> but I do. I mean, honestly, I remember you and I sitting on the other side of a Zoom call just a, a year ago, maybe two years ago, uh, and and I was dissatisfied with things, and I was not feeling it. And gosh, that sixty-hour work week could have obviously been an underestimate. I mean, you, you're you're just guesstimating there how much time people are putting in. Um, and I mean, things have obviously changed for me and my circumstances and, and such, but you have coached me in so many ways on this topic. And, and for that, I appreciate you. How do we keep it from happening as leaders? How do we encourage our people to stop? And, and I feel like I, I say this regularly, like, you know what? Stop. Take a break. You know what? This is Saturday. Please don't get a hold of me until Monday about this situation uh, because I want you, not because I'm putting you off, but because I need you to enjoy your weekend. Monday's going to come a lot faster than you think it's going to. Uh, How do we keep people intentionally uh, trying to not overwork themselves?
1: Yeah, so work life balance uh, is, is something that I think we all struggle with. And it's not just an education phenomenon. I mean, it's, it's in all industries. And, and, you know, the book talks about the eight essentials of wellness, which I'll go through real quick emotional health, spiritual health, intellectual health, physical health, environmental health, financial health, occupational health, and social health, and then it dives deep into each one of those eight essentials. And, and those are the components that go into making up what what I would refer to as wellness. And I think it's so easy in this 24-7 fast-paced society that we live in, we get sucked into this vortex of productivity and, and the feeling that, you know, we've got to do more, we've got to do more, we've got to do more. And then at some point, you know, each of us have probably hit a breaking point. You know, burnout is real. We, we talk about that in the book. And then all of a sudden, you know, what a lot of people will do is, is they will pivot to coping mechanisms. And in some cases, that's alcohol. In some cases, that's prescription drugs. And in some cases, it's, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, it, it, it is it uh, is an intentional pivot to these coping mechanisms uh, to help us with this this lack of health and intentionality that, that is occurring in our life. And so you know what the chapter in the book is about is understanding the importance of work-life balance, understanding how all eight of those components make up a holistic wellness. And, and not that we're ever perfect in that, but that we're striving towards um, you know, improving our overall health. Uh, I'll give you a, a quick example that, that impacts a lot of people: exercise. So, if I asked, you know, m- you know, a room full of a hundred people, how many of you all exercise on a regular basis? Raise your hand. You know, I think what you would find is that there's a good percentage of that. Uh, room that says, you know what, I don't do it on a regular basis, maybe once a week, twice a week. You know, I'll do it when I can, I'll fit it in. Uh, and the reality we know is that, you know, exercise is critical to your overall health and wellness. And, and, and it, it has not just an impact physically, but it has an impact mentally and how well you're, you know, how acute you are uh, and, and maximizing, you know, your productivity and performance. And so, you know, what I wanted to try to do was shed light. You know, on the importance of health and wellness in a virtual or remote work environment. It's, it's critically important because in, in, in a remote work environment, and you know this, the lines can be blurred right? Like when you have an office and you work in a brick and mortar setting and you work from eight to five or whatever that is, uh, and then you shut it down at five o'clock and you go home. And that's, you know, that's, that, that creates that artificial boundary, that artificial line that you know, uh, that you need, uh, to transition from your work life to now your personal life. And we have a quote in the book, it's called disconnect so you can reconnect And what that's about is about taking the time, being intentional, disconnecting from work, disconnecting from technology, disconnecting from social media, uh, which is so highly addictive, uh, and and reconnecting, number one, with yourself, reconnecting uh, with your family, uh, reconnecting with nature and and your maker, um, and, and taking the time so that when you come back to work, uh, that those batteries have been recharged and so that's really what the eight essentials of wellness are, are about and I've had an opportunity Aaron just over the last couple of weeks to speak to different groups and and sort of present on the eight essentials of wellness and it's amazing uh, how you know one or two of those areas of the eight uh, are typically missing or not doing so well uh, and listening to people because I, I want feedback listening to people talk about, how, you know, they want to make it a priority, but they haven't made a priority. And so this is my attempt to sort of put it up in everybody's face. And, and, and Aaron, I'm glad it stepped on your toes because it was meant to be convicting. Uh, it stepped on my toes too. Um, and so that's, that's part of what the book is about. And I think that great leaders uh, bring, you know, high support and high challenge to, to those that they work with. And so it's not a just, it's not just about making people feel better about themselves. It's also about challenging them to step up and to be the very best they can be and to maximize their own leadership and influence.
0: Yeah. Despite uh, popular belief, sitting in the same room as your kid, all of you on different devices is not quality time. Right. You're, you're still not present. Uh, and that was a hard lesson I had to learn. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. are there any qualities that do not work for leaders who are trying to foster a culture of innovation?
1: Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, go, go a little deeper than that. What do you mean by qualities?
0: So uh, uh, I, I guess skill sets, or or um, what kind what kind of of activities or demands can a leader Place on somebody that will squash innovation versus bringing it out in a person.
1: Yeah, so I, I you know, we talk about this in the book too. I, I, I think that it is not uncommon for young, inexperienced leaders uh, to be more authoritarian in in their leadership, more hands-on, and some would refer to the old saying of being a micromanager uh, and and trying to control. It's that's really at the core of that. It's about control and trying to. Uh, control as many of the variables or factors in the equation as you possibly can. That's not uncommon. The challenge is with, with that type of leadership is that it becomes difficult to influence because control suggests a lack of trust. And, and, and in leadership, trust is essential, right? Trust is, is the fabric by which influence is woven, and so um, it's hard to influence others without trust. And so there's, you know, there, there is an important uh, characteristic there where leaders understand that dynamic and they make that shift over time from sort of being that I've got to control everything to now one of liberation and empowerment and, and working with, uh, we talk about working as partners in the process, not not not, you know, individuals, you know playing second fiddle, uh, that that they are partners in the process. And and that's really what 21st century leadership is about. It's not about subordinates playing second fiddle. It's about being partners in the process. And and that, in a a growth environment like we're at at Epic, is critically important. You've got to make an investment in multiplying your people and empowering your people because that scales. Uh, Authoritarian-like control is really a relic of, of the 20th century. And and, and in the 21st century, you know, uh, people want to be valued. They want to be trusted. Uh, And if you can't provide that for them, most of them will leave and go to an organization that will empower them and will trust them uh, to be part of that process.
0: People don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad bosses. You got it. Um, I don't know if you know this, uh, and it's kind of, I mean, this isn't on the show notes, maybe I'll add it, but one of the greatest lessons I learned from you was the trust, but verify. And Mm -hmm. we, we use it throughout Epic, like crazy trust, but verify trust, but verify, um, on the verification side, because trust means you're giving up control some control because you've got to be able to trust that, that what you say will be followed. But one of the most uh, important things, and I still use it today um, that you've given me was ask a question and then just be silent. And, <laughs> and it may get awkward for a first, you know, for, for a second or 30, uh, don't be the first person to come back and, and uh, follow up. Let it get awkward. And and let and and I think that's where the verification comes into play. If if somebody can't back it up or doesn't have an ex, you know excuse or, or or solution or a reason, then that's when you know you've got to go a little bit deeper. You know, um, I, I just want you to know that the lessons that you've taught me uh, seven years ago, five years ago, today in this, they're uh, they're still being taken. Uh, I truly truly appreciate your leadership in my life
1: well thank you i I appreciate your kind words and it's it was uh, a privilege to work with you and, and and to have an opportunity to work with so many, you know, young, outstanding leaders uh, that have, and then to watch you all sort of blossom and develop into the leaders that you are today, uh, was was a lot of fun. That's that's one of the really cool things about Epic, and for people that are on the outside looking in, Epic is this this melting pot of talent. And, and because our co-founders are businessmen, uh, it, it doesn't just have an educational flavor. You know, you would think with it being a school, it's just, you know, educators, but it's really not. We've got business people from a variety of backgrounds. And I really think it's that cornucopia of, of personalities that make Epic what it is. And so Trust But Verify what well, was, you know, actually, originally it came from Ronald Reagan, uh, back when he was president of the United States, and in, in dealing with the Soviet Union, the Cold War was going on at that time, and they were talking about nuclear warheads, and 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 you know, we we're going to trust that we're going to you know reduce that, but we're going to verify at the same time, and so you know we. I, I kind of picked up on that that, and I thought, you know what, that's important in our model because so much of what we do is based on data, right? And, and, and <laughs> you know, the decisions that you make are only as valuable as the data that you have. And what we find in, in a remote work environment and, and in, in a virtual learning environment is that sometimes you need to go a little deeper than, than just the data, you know? And, and so uh, we, we, we call this turning numbers into names, and, and so that's what we try to do is we try to focus on the human aspect of this. And, and we do take into account the data and it, it is important and it certainly plays a role. But, you know, what follows that is a discussion with the individual to understand what you're talking about, which is the context, the why behind uh, the decision that was made, wh- whether it's this or that. And and. You know, there are times when you're having those conversations where uh, it is important to sort of just be very intentional about pausing. And, and it, you're right. It can be uncomfortable and a little bit awkward um, because typically when, when people are talking, they're formulating a response and, and when they're listening. Um, and so I, I think it's important that these conversations, particularly when we're talking about children, you know, and, and why they're making the decisions to engage or why they're not making the decision to engage. Understanding with context the background, you know, behind the family. Are the parents going through a divorce? Uh, is is that child, um, you know, are they uh, struggling with a learning disability? Has that child experienced emotional harm in their previous school district? Were they bullied? You know, and understanding the background helps inform decision making. So it's sort of a combination of we do look at the data and the trends and the analysis that go with it, but at the same time, we're we're going to be very intentional about having consistent conversations with regards to the, the staff that we employ and the students that we serve.
0: I. Love it. Bart, please come back on the show again. Uh, and, and you don't have to write another book to do it. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, the book's available on Amazon, uh, the books available in Barnes and Noble, all major retailers. And so, uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to connect with you and the opportunity to, to share with your, uh, growing pot of listeners, uh, here on, on your podcast. And so I, I will definitely come back. Thanks.
0: Awesome. Uh, Well, that's all the time we have for today. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and hit the like button or subscribe uh, so that you're notified each time a new episode drops. If you're a returning listener, listen, please rate the podcast. Uh, Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Tune in next week where we're rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.